from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Monday, November the 21st, 2022. Thanks for checking us out on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Well, the 2022 CFL season has come to an end, and the Toronto Argonauts are the Grey Cup champions. I didn't see that one coming. I'm not going to lie. I uh, I did not have the Argos as my, my 2022 Grey Cup pick, but uh, they did pick up the win last night over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Regina, Saskatchewan to take home the 109th Grey Cup. So, uh, I mean, man, the one thing you, you can't argue, regardless of who you were cheering for, is that was an entertaining football game. Uh, punt return touchdowns, blocked punts, blocked field goals, sacks, Penalties. I mean, that game really had everything. Rouges, uh, you know, Boris Beatty really bailed out by his football team. Because if that game goes a different way, uh, we're talking about how many points Boris Beatty left on the field. Missed field goals. Uh, you know, there was a missed extra punt. Or missed extra point for Mark Leggio, which you don't ever see. Um, that game was insane. And I had so many people who, who know I work in CFL, like friends and and you know, former colleagues and stuff who, who reached out and were like, what is going on? And I didn't even know what to tell them because I didn't know either. Uh, last night, I was at CHCH and, you know, take you behind the scenes how it works. They told me you got three three minutes for sports or three and a half minutes for sports. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put all great cup highlights and, you know, let other people know what they need to know. Uh, but it was going to be heavy great cup focus. So I start cutting the clips and, you know, Oh, I want that replay. I want that replay. Uh, and then you get to that fourth quarter, and it just everything happened. Interception. Uh, blocked field goal. Interception. Uh, big punt return. So it was an entertaining game. And regardless of how you feel about either team, uh, it'll be the Toronto Argonauts who will have their name engraved on the Grey Cup under the year 2022. And the rest of the teams will turn their attention on trying to dethrone the Argos now in 2023 but uh i mean what a cfl season uh just to kind of reflect back on it all from you know day one of training camp and getting to mcmaster at 8 a.m and you know this 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 strike that started the year and uh to to where we were last night to to finish it off so uh yeah uh, maybe a bit reflective today but uh that's kind of what you get uh when the season ends and you get to turn your attention to a, a brand new year and uh, 2023. Uh, coming up on today's show, I'll let you know that Matt Cause from CFL on TSN is going to be by. But before we do that, uh, we're going to go back to Regina, where uh, this is from Argo's uh, YouTube, because uh, there's you might not be happy the Argo's won. And I think that's uh, I, I would put my hand up in that boat that you never want to see a team that you, you dislike uh, win a championship. But you, you have to be happy for a guy like Brandon Banks, who had been through his, uh, his share of uh, tough defeats. We know because we've been through them too uh, as Ticats fans. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people were asking if this was going to be it for him or, or what. But he is a great cup champion and uh, he caught up with the uh, Argos media team after the game. And I just want you to hear uh, just a little bit of what he had to say about uh, winning this great cup. No, not yet, but I'm just in the moment right now. I'm just so happy for everybody in this organization. I'm just happy for myself, happy for the coaches, happy for the players. 
Just happy for everybody. Dreams do come true, finally. And I, I didn't quit till it happened. I'm really proud of him. What's it mean to have him here? That's unbelievable, man. It's, it's, what, it's what I do it for. This is my why, man. He the reason why I'm here. And that is Brandon Banks, former Thai Cat, former most outstanding player with the Thai Cats back in 2019, uh, catching up with the Argos media team after winning the Grey Cup last night. And we'll get into that with our next guest here. Very pleased to be joined by CFL.ca and TSN radio host, Matt Cause. And uh, Matt, if you were like me, you probably had a lot of people texting you uh, last night, kind of coming out as as new CFL fans, uh, entertained by what they saw last night because uh, that was uh, the perfect advertisement for the Canadian Football League. Oh, absolutely. Um, what a crazy game where early on, it wasn't that, you know how there's some bad defensive slugfests where the broadcasters are like, oh, the defenses are bringing it, which is code for this game is crappy. <laughs> I didn't feel that way because the physicality was impressive. But it was low scoring, low event, a lot of punts. And we had no idea what was in store for us. And then that fourth quarter with the, the multiple interceptions, the CFL Grey Cup record punt return touchdown, two block punts, uh, Robbie Smith going from goat, hero, goat. Like just that was a crazy back and forth game at its like that was the Grey Cup at its best. Like you, you could not have asked for a better ending to a game. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get into because you mentioned the Rouge, a four nothing game, like in, in a championship game, and the, the second quarter, and it it was it wasn't refreshing, but there were a lot of people earlier in the night saying, "Oh, what is going on? This game is not great." Who were eating their words by the time that trophy was handed out? Oh yeah, and then it's like you know, oh, you want more drama? Fine, okay. Well, McLeod Bethel Thompson gets hurt, yeah. and here comes a guy in Chad Kelly who was this tantalizing college quarterback who beat Nick Saban in Alabama and oh wait now it's second down and 15 let's see what you do here and he runs for 20 yards and he, you know completes some passes and he leads them on a game-winning touchdown drive and and the cool thing Louis throughout the night was I kept wondering who was going to be the player like early on I'm like oh it's Jackson Jeffcoat or, yeah. or maybe it's Andrew Harris who was great in the first quarter and then you know, kept just flipping around. Oh, maybe Caleros is getting together. Oh, Dalton shown, and yeah. and in the end, it was Enoch Mwamba. And yeah, you know when uh, when Grant makes that return, you're, maybe it's Janarian, oh, right? Yes. I mean, you're like you're maybe it's him. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's Mick. I mean, there was so many moments of that game where you thought you knew what was going to happen, and then the opposite happened, which is what makes this league great. Oh yeah, I uh, I tweeted out, and this is for the older people. Um, the from Spaceballs when uh, when Rick Moranis, Darth Helmet goes, well, we're we're going to ludicrous speed. That's what the, that Grey Cup felt like. It's just like every moment, like what's going on? Who's got the ball? Who's leading? Uh, oh, Winnipeg's going to win it. Now, now Toronto's going to win it. Oh, or wait, oh, did they did they just stop Andrew Harris on on second and four? Oh, looks like Winnipeg's going to win it. Yeah, uh, the the face mask. I mean, oh look, he's down. Like Zach Claros, third and sixteen, and he got up right away, and he knew it. Uh, the the oh. pass interference in the end zone. Uh, there were so many reasons the Argos won the game. The, I, the 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 Blue Bombers didn't lose. I mean, you could look at that Prukop decision to to put him in to a situation where you're yeah. asking him to throw the ball deep. What that does to a rhythm of the offense. I think that that question is going to be asked. And nobody's going to ask it more than Buck Pierce and Mike O'Shea this offseason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Farhan Walji, and he was saying that 
Back when Winnipeg won in 2019, they would bring Chris Streveler in yeah. just to sort of give a spark. And I think that was sort of the thinking here. It, it was not a great pass, but good on Shaq Richardson for coming up the interception. In fact, one of the dirty little secrets, the Argonauts had two other easy interceptions, including one by Anek Mwamba that he dropped. You know, Calaris's numbers could have looked far worse. I give a ton of credit first to the Argonauts defense. They held Winnipeg to under 300 yards. They had two interceptions, four sacks. And the team that was the best all year at converting on second down couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. So the Argonauts defense did a great job. Caleros didn't play a great game, but part of that's because of the D. Uh, is it? I mean, Boris Beatty has got to be – I mean, that was not a game for him. But he doesn't well, care, true. and nobody's going to remember that. Boris Beatty's going to remember that, but he was saved by a lot in this game. Oh, hey, man, winners get to write the history, you know, and 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 that's the great thing. Winning winning hides all yeah. the little ugly things on the side. Absolutely. You know, there's there is there is a world where Robbie Smith doesn't block that field goal at the end of the game. And we're talking about Boris Beattie. We're talking about the McLeod Bethel Thompson injury. We're talking about maybe the Argonauts needing to go for it more on uh, on third and two. But then Robbie Smith blocks a field goal. Everything changes, and the Toronto Maple Leafs should hire pinball Clemens. <laughs> well, that that stat was crazy. I'm not sure who put it out. I'll find the credit. But seven and zero in championship games as a player, as a coach, as an executive. I, anybody who's talked to pinball Clemens gets it right, yeah. and it, it's and it's easy for people who haven't heard him speak, and for people who you know to just say, okay, you guys obviously don't know what you're talking about. It is so addictive, his personality, that the yes. best thing they've ever done for that organization was bring him back. Oh, yeah. Like he can he is not allowed to leave ever. And to add to that seven and oh, think of the degree of difficulty. Beating Calgary in the hundredth grade cup, beating Calgary in 2017, and that's one of the greatest, that's maybe the greatest regular season team I've ever seen was that 2017 Calgary Stampeders team. And then this year with this Bombers team that was this close to a three-peat, it's not just that he's winning or going 7-0 and in these championship games. They're beating behemoths. They're beating juggernauts. And this game was not a fluke. You could argue 17 was a bit of a fluke because there was a 100-yard to DeVar Posey and the 100-yard fumble return by Cassius Vaughn. But th and this is me now just throwing my yeah. Argo Bonifaz. That's all the excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. But like this game was not a fluke. No. Well, it wasn't. And and it, there were elements of the game that won them the game. And, you know, we're not even talking about that big punt return, that 50-yard return, that a, a tackle away would have swung the game a lot quicker in the Argo's yeah. favor. But still, uh, again, back to the entertainment value. How does the CFL capitalize on this now? How do you take this game? How do you take those eyeballs? You know, because I saw one of the Danettes, uh, you know, one of the Dan Patrick guys. He was tweeting it out, ESPN2, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly was trending for a bit last night. How does the CFL capitalize on a game like that? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. You just put that fourth quarter on a loop. Like, yeah. just have a TV channel where that fourth quarter <laughs> is always on a loop. And it's, by the way, it's not, that right there, though, we mentioned about Dan Patrick, them talking about that. That's the power of SEC college football. Yeah. Where if you were a quarterback and you ever beat Nick Saban in Alabama, they will remember you in America. That's just the basic fact. 
The, the real question here, and again, it's the age old one of Toronto and this market and attendance. And, and we'll, we, when we will be in our 80s, we'll be discussing this. <laughs> but all you really hope for is just a small incremental gain that a bunch of people that saw it just watch that game and go, huh, that was entertaining to me. I'm, I'm going to watch a little bit more of it next year. I'm not going to give up the NFL, but. You know, it, you know, it's like it's yeah. like people that say that that people that love dogs, and then they're well, I don't like cats. <laughs> you know, or I'm a cat person, I can't like dogs. Yeah. No, they're both delightful animals for very different reasons. Dogs are very easy. Cats, you got to work for that love. And it's the same thing here. Yeah. I, I just hope that there's a small incremental gain of people that watch that in Toronto, in Southern Ontario, and go, damn. I want to see what the Argos do next year. And how can you not at the end of the game when Moamba is in tears with his daughter, getting the awards? Darren Detition is giving the award and just yeah. his battle back from from cancer. I'm sorry. I'm sitting. I was sitting on the couch last night and uh, it got dusty. It I can absolutely imagine. Absolutely got dusty. It, it was great to see Dutchie. Great point there. It was great to see him uh, looking uh, looking so great and uh, and you know obviously a tough fight he had. And uh, again, great to see him as part of the first of all top notch TSN broadcast crew. I mean that was from from top to bottom presentation of that game. That's what we need, right? I mean, that yeah. that showcases game to the max. And it's hard to do. Like when you're doing like a five-hour pregame, yeah, you've got some tape pieces that are in the can, um, but you're doing a lot of live TV. And all live TV is need one tiny little mistake, <laughs> and then you can see it all over your TV screen. I, yeah. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, they did. Um, doesn't this put the pressure on the Thai Cats? Oh, doesn't God, this yeah. put more pressure on this Hamilton team than you thought was even possible going into 20. I mean, that's where I'm at right now is that man, the Ticats, they were feeling it going into this one, but the Argos winning it, having to hear that all season, that's going to be tough. I would do the classic Toronto thing, making fun of Hamilton, but as you know, Louie, I've covered a lot of games for the Ticats. I went to McMaster I'm I'm rooting for Hamilton to win a, a title if, if you know as long as they don't beat Argos in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but so much talent, like the amount of talent that's come through uh, Ivory Win at Tim slash Tim Hortons Field over the years, and to not have a Grey Cup win since '99, absolutely it puts pressure. And I mean, think about Zach Caleros. He was going to be the MOP in 2015, and they got hurt, and then he. You know, he had concussions and Toronto traded away for nothing. And, you know, just what he's done since. But all the talent there, Jeremiah Masoli and Simone Lawrence and, you know, Brandon Banks and and, and all these players. Yeah. And they Chad Owens, did. Andy Fantuz, Luke Tasker. Yeah. I mean, you know, June Jones, Orlando Steinhauer. Yeah. Like there's so much talent and intelligence that's been in Hamilton. Yeah. And I mean, Bo Levi was traded earlier in the week. Ticats trying to steal the headline. How do you see that move shaking out? What's your analysis on that? Spicy. I love it. <laughs> someone, I want it. I want the, the off season intrigue that that move says to me that Hamilton looks at Dane Evans and goes, when everything's going right, you're a good quarterback, but you turn the ball over too much. But Mitchell is a risk. He he certainly did. He, he hasn't been the same guy in the last couple of years. He's been hit a lot. He's not a young guy anymore. Uh, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for it. Not because I'm anti Dane Evans. I wrote a piece about how much I loved Evans that five touchdown game against Winnipeg. 
but it's great intrigue. And I don't want to see, I want to see Bo Le- I want to see Bo Levi Mitchell one more moment where he's at the top of his career. Aren't these the same conversations we were having about Zach Caleros three years ago, though? Yes. I mean, because Zach's 34, Bo's 32. I bring this up a lot because people always go to how much does Bo le- have left in the tank? Well, yes, Bo has 10 years, you know, in the tank as a guy, as the full-time guy. Uh, Zach didn't really have that, but he's still two years younger. He's still yeah. been in the league a lot longer. I mean... It, it seems like a silly argument when people ask, like, does Bo have anything left in the tank? Same people were saying the same things about Zach Caleros three years ago. Now he's a Louis, two-time MVP. Louis, it's a great point. And in fact, I would argue that Zach Caleros had suffered more slings and arrows than Bo Levi Mitchell. Um, you know, just the, uh, all the, in, the devastating injuries in 2015, the concussions he suffered after that, bouncing between Saskatchewan and Toronto, being traded to Winnipeg for like a fifth-round pick, uh, and a piece of news that meant nothing. It meant nothing when it happened. It was a little blip. And- on trade deadline day, too. It was yeah. on. It was oh Zach Claros, who who you're telling me a guy who hasn't played since week one. Yeah. Who signed? Like, what does that mean? Nothing. Also, also think about this. Remember Claros's final days in Hamilton when he went like zero for seven as a starter, got pulled for Jeremiah Masoli. Caleros was seen as a guy who this guy has lost the ability to win. And then what has he been in Winnipeg? He yeah. always finds a way to win. Things move and change pretty fast. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Louis, Bo Levi Mitchell's got a, has got absolutely an opportunity. Uh, and let's, let's finish up on speedy B. Cause that's, that's how he started this show. Uh, just the recognition of, of, of his career. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was it for him. I think, you know, I could see him going out on top. Uh, if that was the last we saw Brandon Banks, what is his legacy in this league? His legacy is he'll he should eventually be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you don't usually have MOPs at the wide receiver position. It's usually quarterbacks or Simone Lawrence. Uh, so I I think he'll be remembered as this incredibly terrifying, electrifying player. And and also the cool thing about Brandon Banks is he's a reminder that. Your career is not set in stone. He was return guy with Ken Austin. Then June Jones is like, uh, we got to get this guy the ball 15 times. And good for him for being able to reinvent himself. So yeah. I think that's what I'll think about uh, about Brandon Banks. Uh, what are you most intrigued about this CFL offseason as we start day one here? Okay, beyond uh, obviously uh, Bo Levi Mitchell and what happens there in Hamilton, all eyes go on Nathan Rourke. And what mm. I need to have happen is for someone in the CFL to plant an offensive tweet that Nathan Rourke tweeted five years ago that's totally false, but to keep him here in camp. No, I'm kidding. Um, I wish you have to the- say I'm kidding. I'm, you have, I have to say I'm kidding. I the selfish side of me, Louie, wants Nathan Rourke to sign a four-year deal with the Lions, but obviously I wish him nothing but the best. So the Rourke situation, um, beyond that, Chad Kelly versus McLeod Bethel Thompson, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be discussed. And, um, you know, usually a lot of it just comes down to the quarterbacks, you know, Vernon Adams Jr., things like that. How about uh, all those, all four quarterbacks who who dressed last night are now Grey Cup, now have a Grey Cup champion ring with yeah. the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, it's wild. Isn't uh, that like Prue Cop won, in, he was on the team in 2017, right? Yep. So you got him. Chad Kelly won his yesterday. McLeod Bethel Thompson. I mean that 
I, I guess I don't know. I just it speaks. Re- it speaks to the organization, management, Jim Barker, Pinball Clemens. It, it speaks to all the uh, executives over the years been able to have an eye for talent at you know the most important position. Something I'd like to see in in Edmonton. Uh, what's going to yeah. happen, Taylor Cornelius? What about Cody Fajardo? What's going to happen there? I mean, so many storylines. Uh, should be fun. Uh, Matt, always appreciate catching up with you. Uh, enjoy the off season. We'll, uh, I'm sure the, we'll be talking training camp before we know it. Louie, always love doing it. And I'm sorry that we didn't have more time to talk about fielding estates. Ah, yes. And the tannic profile of those cab merlots. So much we could have got into. Louie, love doing it. Incredible great cup. All the best, my friend. My thanks to Matt Cause for joining me today. And my thanks to you as well as uh, we could not do this show without your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, my password still works on my email, so I guess I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you'll join us then here on the Tight Cats Audio Network. I'm Louis Butko, hoping you have a great day. Tight Cats Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at tiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.